Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach David Bartke here. Today is Sunday, March 25th, 2018, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Hey, this is your weekend daily dose of happy. And uh, we had a happy day around here. Hope you're having a happy day where you are, too. David, you had a happy day today? I did. I did. I just came from a birthday party. And oh, nice. It was a lot of fun. And I had a you know, a nice week, and we had a snowstorm here, but fortunately uh, for us, it was pretty mild, um, unlike the one before where we lost power, and it was like, whatever, like 16 inches of snow, <laughs> so uh, this, the one we had this past week, though, was just a few inches, power stayed on, <laughs> everything was good. That's good. So, yeah, that was that was a nice thing that it didn't turn into... Like the weathermen, you know how the weathermen always try to get you all riled up, you know, storm is coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they were predicting 10 to 14 inches here. And um, because of Louise's gardening business needing to start up, I decided I was going to do one of my little weather things. So I decided we were going to yeah. get no snow at all. And we got no snow at all except for a little dusting on the windshield. I mean, nothing really. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's so, great. This is like your third or fourth weather <laughs> control. Oh, geez. I've had story. at least... In my life, I've probably had a dozen of them. I'm, I'm actually going to write a few wow. of them for the book. But, yeah, there's been a lot of times where I've been able to take you know, situations that were quite adverse to what I wanted. And, you know, law of attraction works if you actually believe it. It's one of the times I really do believe it, too, with extreme weather. You know what the really strange thing is? I haven't been able yeah. to really convince myself I can do it with temperature. Now, you would think I could do it with – I, I mean, I, I believe I can do it with extreme weather. For some reason, I can't believe my that I can actually influence temperature. I, I don't even understand why that is. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think it's because it's never talked about. Like, who would ever think, oh, I could influence the temperature? I or, don't. Or even the weather, even the weather for that matter, you know? Well, the only reason the only reason I believe in that, yeah, well, that's just it. Yeah. That's the only reason that I thought I might have a chance of influencing weather. Well, that plus the fact that my first weather story was actually long before I knew about LOA. And after I learned about it and... Louise was learning with me. She said, well, you, you influenced the weather. And I said, when? And she reminded me. And I said, oh, wow, I guess I did. And I had no idea what, that I, I was doing anything right, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but that's yeah, a story I for mean, the book, so as, I don't want to tell it. As you know, Esther Hicks told, tells a story of yep. some storm that was coming their way, and she she did whatever she did, and it, it passed right over their town. <laughs> so, well, if I remember correctly, the way the story went was... She was outside her home, uh, looking around. Abraham was kind of in her head at that point, and she was complaining that everything was dry looking. The animals didn't have any water. You know, the plants were looking really sad. You know, it's, it was not comfortable and so forth. And Abraham says, you think you can actually attract rain from that perspective of lack? And then she says, well, what should I do instead? And then Abraham says, well, what do you like about having rain? She says, well, I like the fact that when it rains, you know, the, the animals have plenty to drink and the, the plants all look nice and, and uh, replenished and, you know, green and, and thriving. And, you know, the, the landscape as a whole just kind of springs up and starts to look happy. And, you know, and the, the sunny days aren't too overbearing. And, you know, it just it does all these good things for around us. Abraham says, now you're attracting rain. And then later on, there's the news report that says there was a freak uh, thunderstorm out in their section of the valley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that yeah. Hers was the opposite. She wanted, right. she, wanted she wanted the, the rain. rain. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. I remember that. Yeah. Exactly. And it only yeah, that's right. It only fell on their town, on, on just their in their or, little section there. Yeah. And I've had that. I've had yeah. a few of those. I've had, in fact, even this one qualified for that in some ways, um, because in the midst of this non-existent th th or a snowstorm that was supposed to blanket us with ten to fourteen inches, they. First, they kept putting off during the day when it was going to happen. And then when they went through about two or three of those, in the afternoon, they put up a, a report that said, well, there's this freak high system, high pressure system that is hovering right above Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just laughing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, it's oh, crazy stuff. God. It's amazing so what you can you, do. Did you have any um, vibration raising food this past week? I'm actually eating some as we're talking right now because we have we're Ooh, having a late dinner like, here. What is it? What is it? Oh, it's a steak dinner with uh, baked potato and and uh, broccoli with butter. It's delicious. 
Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So if you hear have, chewing sounds, you'll yeah. know why. <laughs> oh, you're not going to make everyone listen to you chew. Well, I'm going to try not to. <laughs> but <laughs> I had a ambrosia. You know what ambrosia is like with the fruit and the coconut and the marshmallows? Oh, yeah. It's delicious. I don't think I even want to know what else is in there, but it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've got to tell Walt about this dish because it was just so good. And uh, that was definitely a vibration raising dish. <laughs> You've never had ambrosia before? No, I have. Not in a while. Not in a while. And, but it okay. made me think, wow, I think this is the best thing I had all week. <laughs> well, good. So that was that was good. And I try not to eat too much of it, but. I will admit I did take, I took a second helping because it was just that good. <laughs> I was like, David, you know, you know, you don't need these calories. I'm like, well, I think my body can handle it. <laughs> so, you know your body better than anybody. So we'll just go with that. <laughs> That's right. And I'm telling my body, the ambrosia was healing and high vibration. So it was a good thing for us. <laughs> Very good. That's good. By the way, yeah. I want to remind our listeners, since we're now doing this as a Sunday night program, um, if this is a time of day, if, if you're a U.S. Uh, resident, first of all, I mean, if you're anywhere from around the world, we welcome you and you're welcome to try to uh, contact us for, on the show anytime you wish. Um, but especially for U.S. residents, um, Sunday evening hours, if this is a, a better time than most and you've always wanted to call in, this is the time to do it. You know, So you're, you're, if you're listening live, you're probably at the homepage, LOAToday.net. That's the way most people find it. And right there on the homepage is, you'll find instructions. It's right below the little player there about how to contact the coaches here on the program. So if it's something you've always wanted to do, take advantage. I mean, we, we actually had uh, Janet call in last week and tell us uh, what was going on with her, and that was really great, and we'd love to have that happen again. Definitely. Yeah, I loved, I loved hearing her, her follow-up to her house, house yeah, story. Yeah, that was something. That was great. And by the way, she did send in her story for the book, and it is going oh, to be included in the good. book. Yeah. Yeah. And she did a nice job. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I kind of turned it a little bit more into a story. Where she had presented more like a, you know, here's a, a series of facts. I turned it more into a story, but it's good. It's going to be enjoyable, I think, for people who are reading the book. Oh, I'm sure. Well, just remind people, what is it going to be about again? The book? Oh, well, the, the, whole, the, the whole book. Yeah. yeah, the book is a book of manifestation stories. So for people who, um, well, first of all, if you're a listener, or even if you're not a listener, um, maybe even especially if you're not a listener uh, of LOA Today, and you want to have uh, some kind of positives in your life, because let's be honest, there are a lot of negatives in our lives, so we need some counterbalance. Well, one of the best uh, positives you can get is stories about manifestations, things that manifested in people's lives when they were trying to use the law of attraction, or even a few cases where they weren't trying to use the law of attraction, but uh, they did unintentionally and unconsciously. <laughs> they, they didn't know what they were doing, <laughs> and it worked out great. Um, but uh, that, that's what it is. It's a collection of stories. I think it's going to be about 52 stories, something like, and we have something like 40 authors uh. doing this book. So it's going to be quite a good book, I think. And, well, we'll find out, you know, when people read it and review it, that's going to be the uh, the acid test, right? But uh, oh yeah. Oh, and and we've met, announced it before, it, and I want to reiterate it here. Listeners of the program who pay close attention are going to get the opportunity to get a download of the Kindle version for free, and it's going to be in a very narrow time frame. I I don't even know yet what time frame we're allowed to make it under uh, Amazon's rules. The good news is you don't have to have a Kindle reader. I mean, even if you have just like a smartphone or a computer or whatever, uh, yeah. Amazon has software you can download to play it on any device. So, yeah, pay t close attention. You can get a free copy of the ebook. Yes, and I, I wanted to bring up something I thought was interesting too that I think okay. you would find interesting as well. Sure. Is um, I started working with someone who said I could share this, so I'm going to share it. And, okay. Because I think anyone listening could possibly relate to it. Um, he, this person is so depressed and so down and has so many major things right now, what he considers going wrong, you know, in his life. And um, he has such a strong vibration of that. And he's been practicing complaining and worrying and, you know, that whole, oh my God, and 
my life's falling apart and all that kind of thing, that when I started working with him, I did, you know, I taught him some basics about law of attraction, which he very much understood. And I did a process or two with him. And even during the processes, when he was practicing them during the coaching session, he was still, he would do a little bit and then he would go back to the examples of, you know, why his life is so bad and to that same story he's been telling himself for so long. Right. And then by the end of the session, just during the session, he goes, well, right now I feel a little bit of relief, but, <laughs> and then he went back into <laughs> all the reasons why he's not going to feel relief, even though he did in that moment. So I, you know, I explained to him, well, but this is good. You don't understand. Even though right now you are feeling some relief, you got to try to understand that that's a step in the right direction. That, you know, sometimes when, when our momentum is so strong in a negative way and you bring in the positive way, it, it doesn't just happen immediately where you're just like, oh, I feel great now. All right. Yeah. But even, but even that little, you know, tinge from that doing that session, where he did feel slightly higher vibration, that's a big deal. And I just wanted to say that because if there is someone listening that is in that way and, you know, maybe they're not getting the results they think they should so fast, it's okay. Like, you know, these, it takes time, it takes practice. So, you know, you know, and I think you talked about that even with yourself when you first started. Oh, yeah. It didn't happen, it didn't happen overnight where suddenly you were like at a, you know, a high vibration. Well, not only did it not happen overnight, and you're right, I've told this story a number of times, but yeah. it took me a long time to even learn how to move the needle. I mean, for yeah. literally months at a time, I was stuck. And if I had to pick where I was on the scale of like 0 to 10, where 0 is depressed and 10 is joyous, I was probably stuck a good part of the time at like 2 or 3 for like months yeah. at a time. Yeah. So it was yeah. not a nice place, not a nice place to be. And I no. had so much resistance to the idea that I could actively, by my own choice, move that needle. Yeah. So it took a while. It took me a long time. And I did the same thing that your client did, or that your client is yeah. doing, which is, you know, I would do something, I'd feel a little bit better, and then I would find some way to bring myself back down again. I think because, in part, that's a more comfortable place to be. It's more comfortable because it's familiar. You know, it's what I've been used to. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, I'm yeah. moving myself into a happier zone. Well, that feels uncomfortable because I'm not used to it. It's a better place, sure, yeah, but, but it right. doesn't feel right. And that's what I told him. I said, look, you've been practicing and building up such a strong momentum about all these low vibration thoughts. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, it's not. But, but even from what you experienced today from the coaching session, that little bit of relief, that's a great big first step. Even though I know you don't realize it, it right now, you will one day. You know, and I'm just so excited for him because... I know what's in store for him. Oh, you know, sure. The more he does coaching and the more he really understands more and practices the processes and deliberately decides to focus on things that are going to help him. So, oh, yeah. Right. That was, that was really interesting. Like, you know, I, thought, I, you know, I got to bring that up. No, that's good. And yeah, what I would say to him is I know where you're coming from. I've been there. And even though you found yourself sliding back down, don't worry about it. Your, you know what your biggest job is? Your biggest job is to keep trying even when it doesn't seem like it's working. That's the hardest job of all. Just keep trying to get better even though it doesn't seem like it's working. And the reason I That's say right. that is it, it, it can take quite some time to make enough progress that we ourselves recognize our own progress. But interestingly enough, those around us recognize it faster than we do. Mm-hmm. Like, for mm-hmm. instance, when I was in my really bad place and... I had actually moved up the scale. I was closer to like neutral, but I didn't really feel it yet. And at, and at times I was bouncing up into like, you know, hopeful. <laughs> I was getting a little bit into the plus yeah. range on to- at times, yeah. not for very long, you know, seconds at a time sometimes. But Louise pointed out to me, my wife pointed out to me, you know, you're, you're getting better. And until she said that, I didn't realize it was true. But I thought mm-hmm. about it. I kind of thought back to, you know, what had been going on lately and what I'd been feeling. And I had to admit, I felt a little bit better. I mean, it didn't feel great, but I right. felt a little bit better. And she was right. But but she noticed it first. That's my point. So that's yeah. why I keep saying don't 
don't worry about the fact that it doesn't seem like it's it's not happening. Do it anyway. Keep working on the stuff to raise your vibration. Because one day, and I, neither one of us could tell you how long it's going to be, if I had to guess, it's not going to be any more than months, but I, that's just a guess. Mm-hmm. At mm-hmm. one point, all of a sudden, you're going to notice, oh, yeah, I really do feel better. And it's not going to be like some great big revelation, like, oh, my God, I feel better. It's more like, oh, wow. <laughs> Oh yeah, I really do feel better. It's, it's right, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. And along with that, so sh- he said, "Well, well, how often should I practice the things we're talking about?" And I said, "Well, how quickly do you want to get to a better place?" Then he was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> like, you know, you got to practice. The more you practice, the more you think about it, the more you take deliberate action, the quicker you're going to find relief. And quicker, like you just said, we don't know because everyone's different how quick that is for in each person, but at least it's in the right direction. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I literally took months, but I know that if I had gone out of my way to intentionally work on improving myself daily throughout the day, I mean, when yeah. I finally learned to do that, that was about, for me, it was like years into it that I, I learned that, oh, you know, as I'm dealing with my day, as I'm at work, you know, doing a task I don't like, I can take a break and I can give myself five minutes or even one minute of training to improve my attitude. You know, whatever affirmations or whatever it is I'm doing, I can take a little time during the day to do that. And then, you know, if, if a, a situation comes up that's a bad situation, I'm not enjoying it, I don't feel good, I can literally walk away for a few minutes. You know, just enough to catch my breath. And then go off and, you know, do affirmations into the mirror or something like that. But you can, you can find yeah. times throughout the day. If I had realized that early on, it wouldn't have taken me months. I could have done it in, in a matter of weeks. But, yeah. you know, so how often should you do it? As often as you physically can. Literally yeah, every opportunity that you can find throughout the day, that's how often you should do it. And it's so interesting because obviously I'm asked that a lot, you know, from different clients. Well, how long, how often should All I right. practice this and how often should I practice that? And I'm like, I know right now, thinking about it might sound like, like a chore. Like, oh, I got to practice my processes. <laughs> I said, but trust me, once you really get them and you're, and you're enjoying them, you're actually going to like doing them. It actually feels good to do them because you're going to feel the vibrational lift from doing them. The other thing I would you recommend. You don't know that now, but yeah, right. eventually <laughs> you're, you're going to enjoy doing them. The other thing I would recommend oh, okay. is, I mean, sure, sure, the processes you're giving them are good ones, but the thing I've learned is that... I don't care what the process is, no process fits all. I mean, everybody has certain processes that work better for them and other processes that, yeah, they just don't really seem to do anything for them, including me, I'm sure, including including you. you know, so while David is, is guiding you through certain processes, if you find they aren't really great for you, well, then you can explore other processes. There are dozens of them. There are probably hundreds of them out there that you can do. And it's just a question of finding the ones that resonate for you. There I mean, are, but you know, it's interesting. I've, I've noticed that that's more true for someone that's been doing it for a while and then they, they then they've learned various processes but in the beginning even just doing one that they've just learned that's that is helping them oh yeah they're all helpful every one of them will help it to, to some degree what i'm talking about is yeah. finding the sweet spot one the one that that gives you the big yeah. leap yeah then eventually like from what i learned from my experience anyway um when when someone's at a higher vibration from practicing whatever, and then they do know various processes, then of course, then there are certain ones that you can use in different situations that help you more than others. And But even, even so, the idea is just taking action to mind your vibration and when you need to raise it. And so anyway, it's just a good good reminder for all of us that even taking a small step to raise yourself is important. It is. Very important. So we got to make sure we do it every day. Absolutely. That way we deliberately are in control of how we're feeling and how high vibration we are. And obviously the higher, then we're attracting more of what we want. And that's what it's about. So we wish your client um, good fortune and good hunting in terms of getting these processes implemented so he can climb into a better place. Um, yes, now, and I can't wait for him to do that. I can't no, wait. I'm sure. Um, now we are because obviously I know it works. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's, we wouldn't be doing a show otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so we are, believe it or not, we're at 
kind of the end of chapter nine. We are. Um, the, the astonishing power of emotions. We have to kind of catch chapter ourselves nine, up because, because we haven't actually touched the book in two weeks because last week was all yeah, dedicated to Janet. A little bit prior to the exact part we were at. Oh, good. But okay. it's the last chapter in part one, believe it or not. Then we're already in part two. Moving right along. All right, so the part that we were talking about was actually one of my favorites because it kind of really hones in on the law of attraction. And this part was called Living the Law, Living the law of Allowing. Right. And uh, we were just talking about, uh, I'll just read this little part again because it's really good. So the law of attraction says, the essence of that which is like unto itself is drawn. And what that means is, if I feel unappreciated, because of circumstances that have recently occurred in my experience, the law of attraction cannot now surround me with people who appreciate me. That would defy the law of attraction. If I feel fat and unhappy about the way my body looks and feels, I cannot discover the process or state of mind that is necessary to achieve a good-feeling, good-looking body. That would defy the law of attraction. If I feel discouraged about my financial situation, it cannot improve. Improvement in the face of discouragement would defy the law of attraction. And I know that's a big one for a lot of people, the financial situation. Oh, yeah. Probably number one. Oh, well, actually, relationships might be number one, but it's a close second. It's up there. <laughs> exactly. And, that's, and, I'm, and I know most people, when their financial situation isn't good or how they want it to be, they are feeling discouraged about it. Yeah. And there's no way, like it says, if I feel discouraged about my financial situation, it cannot improve. Improvement in the face of discouragement would defy the law of attraction. And then it goes on, if I am if I am angry because people have been taking advantage of me, lying to me, dishonoring me, or even defacing my property, no action that I can take can stop those unpleasant things from happening. For that would defy the law of attraction. The law of attraction simply and accurately reflects back to you in a myriad of ways an accurate response to your vibrational output. I mean, right there is the, the root of it all. It is, and, and I also want to take a moment to point something out, uh, because in the previous paragraph they said, no action that I can take can stop those un unpleasant things from right. happening. And action, they're using that, that word in a very specific way. It, it's a way that means not pre-thinking. <laughs> and it doesn't sound like that at first, but that's really what it means. They don't mean that um, having an intent is an action. They mean literally that's not an action. What they're talking about is like, let's say you need more money, right? So taking action would be to go out and get a job. It would be right. you know going to ask somebody if you could borrow money from them. It would be going to buy a lottery ticket hoping that you would win the lottery. That's what they mean by taking action. What they do not mean is pre-thinking, you know, and figuring out uh, what it is that you want and how it would feel and then getting to that feeling place. That to them is not action. It really is action. Exactly. We, we call it action. That's you and good, I would call it action. Yeah, that's a good, a good thing to point out so it doesn't confuse people. That's, yeah, that's true. Right. So, so you have to understand how they're using the word. Um, and what the real, the point here is, you just don't want to, it, it, there's nothing wrong with taking action. There's nothing wrong with going out and getting the job. There's nothing wrong with going out and, and borrowing money if, if you have a friend who's willing to help you or, you know, buying the lottery ticket even for that. I mean, any of it is, is fine. Any action is okay to take. Um, I mean, provided it's not going to, you know, put you in a bad place. But the point is you don't want to do the action first. First, you want to put yourself into the feeling and thinking place of, of what it is that you're trying to attract and get yourself excited about it, and then take the action. That's it's, right. what they, it's what they call taking inspired action. That's right. And like, it's, like it says, the law of attraction simply and accurately reflects back to you in a myriad of ways an accurate response to your vibrational output. And that's what you're talking about. You, you want to get yourself to that place, like you just said, where whatever it is, that you want, you're at a high vibration because that's what law of attraction is responding to. Exactly. So then it goes on, in short, whatever is happening to you is a perfect vibrational match to the current vibration of your being. And the emotions that are present within you indicate that vibrational state of being. Once aware of the powerful law of attraction, many people make a conscious decision 
to be more in control of their own thoughts, for they have come to understand the power of focusing thought. People attempt to control and more effectively focus their thoughts through a variety of methods, ranging from hypnosis or an attempt to control unconscious thoughts to meditations, affirmations, and strong methods of mind control. But there is a much easier way of going about the deliberate creation of your own experience and of fulfilling your intention for this joyous life experience, and that is an understanding and application of the art of allowing. It is the conscious, gentle guiding of your thoughts in the general direction of the things that you desire. And as you come to understand this powerful stream of life that we are explaining, and as you get a glimpse of the larger picture of who you really are, and most important, as you become convinced that your true work is to simply realign with who you really are, the art of allowing will become second nature to you. That's a really interesting phrase they used in there. They said, it is the conscious, gentle guiding of your thoughts in the general direction of the things that you desire. In the general direction. Yes. And what they really mean by that is more and more in vibrational alignment with what it is that you're trying to attract. So in the general direction is, yes. is, is an unusual phrasing for, for something like that. You mean you think it's like too vague? Well, it doesn't exactly... Uh, convey the idea of vibrations at all. So you have to right. know something about vibrations before you read it, which they've, they've kind of touched on a bit already in the book. Um, but it, it, it's not necessarily something that somebody who's just reading this for the first time is necessarily going to say, oh, yeah, well, I see a direct correlation there. When they say uh, in a general direction, what they mean is when the vibrations are simple, well, that's not your typical association, right? That's certainly not the way yeah. most humans think about stuff like that outside of Abraham Hicks. So, yeah. It's an important uh, correlation to make, you know, directly to make it clear that people understand that general direction is really about similar vibration. So, in other words, what you're trying to do is you're trying to make your vibration more and more similar to whatever it is that you're desiring. And what about when they say who you really are? What does that mean? Yeah, who you really are. That that's a theme that I, I can't really remember if they've gotten into it in great detail in this book. But it's the concept that they often call you and you, where you have a lowercase yeah. Y-O-U and an uppercase Y-O-U. And what they're distinguishing between is our physical selves and our inner being selves, so the, self, the, the part of us that's in the non-physical realm. And so that becomes you and you. And the, the greater, what, what's the phrase that they used here? Where is it? I'm not seeing it. Of who you really um, are. Yeah, who you really are, that's the inner being part. That's that's the part yeah. that's connected to the non-physical. Because when you the part you were just talking about the U capital U and then the lowercase U mm -hmm. is when they were talking about the part of us that is still in the non-physical is still a part of us, right? Even though we're in physical form, there's still a part of us that's in the non-physical. That's source. In fact, that, that's another key thing that the, I don't remember if they've talked about it here in this book, but they, they emphasize it a lot in the workshops that they do, where they travel around the country and around the world and do the workshops. For, for the Art of Allowing workshops, that's what we're talking about here, Art of Allowing, um, that this uh, you and you, the, the common fallacy, and they, I'm not sure if they call it a fallacy, they, I think they just say it's something that is a false belief. But the fallacy is that we come into the world from the non-physical if we assume, for people who believe that we actually came from somewhere and didn't just get invented on the spot. Well, yes, we actually were non-physical before this lifetime. While we're in this lifetime, according to the wrong theory, we are just in the physical world. And then when we die, we go back to the non-physical world. That's the way most people with some sort of religious association see it. And Abraham points out, no, that's not accurate. What actually happens is, yes, we do come from the non-physical, and then we come into the physical. But while we're in the physical, we are also non-physical. We never stop being non-physical. Exactly. The yeah. only difference is, when we're in physical, we're also kind of like extensions of that non-physical energy. And then when we pass on, then the, the physical part dies off, but the non-physical part remains, continues forever and ever. So the non-physical us is always there, and that inner being that they're talking about is the part of us that has always been and always will be in the non-physical. Yes, yes. Uh, that's also 
for someone just hearing that for the first time, it's kind of like, what? But then when you yeah, it's a different concept. Like the way you just did, it kind of, at least you kind of can make more sense of it. More sense of it right. They, they no, it's a very different wrong. concept. I've never heard any uh, religion, any, any spiritual teacher that I can think of present the nature of the non-physical lesson that way. Yes, like I've I've always heard, like even way back, like oh, well, you know, we're all connected to source energy. We're part of source energy, but it's true. I never I never heard oh, the part of us that was non-physical is still is still yeah, even though we are physical. I thought oh, that's a new concept. Yeah, I've never heard that from any metaphysical discipline of any kind, religion, spiritual, Buddhist. I don't care, you know, Hindu. None of them that I've ever heard of portrays that idea but i like so i kind of like that i like knowing that oh i do too still pure pure positive energy that's part it's still part of who i am well know? actually it makes more sense to me than anything else i've ever heard it makes a lot of sense to me <laughs> Be- because this whole thing about going from non-physical to physical back to non-physical that part's a little bit weird but when i I hear the idea that we're always in the non-physical and it's just for this lifetime we are simultaneously in the physical world. That starts to make more sense because, well, what is it that I feel if I'm connected to my inner being? What, what am I feeling there? Is that, <clears throat> yes. is that yes. like me connected to some other being? <laughs> <laughs> That's the way a lot of people yeah. would portray it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Kind of like, I don't know, like I don't know if you watch a lot of science fiction. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. But a lot of not lately, but I have fiction, in the past. A lot of science fiction has like alternate realities and <laughs> things like that. Oh yeah, and parallel that, universes think, and that like, kind of thing. That's kind of like that's the person's vortex, the alternate reality, and then this reality is this reality. I don't know. It's kind of interesting how you can correlate that. I can't say I've actually considered that to be an alternate reality, but okay, that's fine. <laughs> but I kind of like to think of it like that. Like, okay, so my vortex is where everything I want is already going on. It's already happening. And then there's this reality. So you, you kind of just want to kind of feel what your vortex feels like. And I know we're wandering off the topic, so I'm talking about vortex. That's all right. <laughs> but, yeah. But um, anyway, so let's go back to the book. So the new, the last uh, little section of chapter nine is titled "Go with the Flow of Well-Being," and already I like the way that feels. No, why? Like it just sounds, it sounds so easy, right? Go with the flow of well-being. I'm like, oh, that sounds. Oh, I see. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. And so we will, we will devote this entire book to assisting you in going with the flow of your natural well-being. We will discuss the essence of nearly every conceivable situation that you could find yourself in, and we will offer guidance and suggestions that will cause you to turn and go with the natural current. We will help you consciously rediscover the amazing sensory perception that you were born with that helps you determine the direction of your true path. And it is our expectation that as you read this book, and return to your conscious awareness of the amazing power of your emotions, you will become the allower of the well-being that you are from your broader non-physical source energy point of view. And that's what we were just talking about, that non-physical part that Abraham says is still part of us. Right. So it's interesting that we were talking about it, and there it is. Well, the next part even gets into it closer. I mean, because this next section, this next paragraph, actually not only talks about what we just talked about, but it also goes back to what your client was talking, was dealing with. It's it's like directly addressing it. Let me read it then. All right. The most common misunderstanding that prevents people from from getting control of a situation and gaining their personal balance is the belief that I need to get where I want to be right now or as quickly as possible. We certainly understand that you desire to find the answers to your questions quickly or to solve your problems as fast as you can, but still, the urge works against you. When you feel an urgency to be somewhere else, you are pushing hard against where you are. This is upstream. But an even more important flaw in the premise that you are beginning from is this. If your belief that you must hurry to an improved place you are discounting the power of the stream, 
its speed, its direction, and its promise. And in the forgetting of those things, you are definitely pointed in the opposite direction of who you truly are and all that you have become. And I have to admit, that was that was so foreign to my thinking when I was in my more negative years there that I didn't know how to how to use that information. I understood. Mm-hmm. I understand what they're saying now. Obviously, I do, and even then, I understood it. But when you're in that really bad place and you haven't climbed out successfully on your own, right? The idea of well, first of all, the idea that you wouldn't want to get there quickly seems ridiculous because it feels miserable to be there. So you want to be right. out fast. And second of all, even more importantly, the idea that let's see, what's the way they phrased it? Having an urgency to be somewhere else. Yeah, that's exactly what you have. How are you supposed to not have that feeling? You know that that's the way it feels when you're there. You have the urgency. Like I, I'm so sick of this. I want to be out of here. And the idea that that's pushing against where you're trying to get to, that that, that becomes almost unfathomable when you're in that place. So I understand what they're saying, but I also know what it's like to be in that place. And in that place, that that's a hard, hard concept to grasp. What I would recommend is that if that is a hard concept for you and you are in a place like that, don't worry about it. <laughs> Just, I mean, yes, the goal is to get to the point where you're not pushing against it. The goal is to get to the point where you're not focusing on how urgent it is to get out of this bad place you're in. Sure, but don't worry about it. If you're if If it's not happening right away, don't worry about it. If it's not something, but then, but that, then that, that person would say, "Don't worry about it. I want to get out of here. <laughs> I want to. I want everything I want, and I want it now. I'm in such a bad place." Oh, uh, you misunderstand. The, the the "Don't worry about it" that I'm talking about is don't worry about the fact that you don't seem to be able to apply what it is that they're recommending that you apply. Because they're saying, "Don't push. Don't push against it." And. Yeah. Our natural tendency when we're in that when we're in that place is to push against it, <laughs> to basically say, "Oh, I don't want this anymore. I got to be urgent." And, and so, if you find yourself in that place and you realize, well, they're teaching the opposite, but you don't know how to do it, that's where I'm saying, "Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the fact that you don't know how to do it. Don't worry about it." And in the not worrying about it, you'll actually get to the point where you're no longer pushing. Right, because right, because in the don't worrying about it. You're in a calmer place, and it will feel more downstream. Exactly. They were saying, yeah, because there was, oh, it feels so upstream. So anyone who's listening who doesn't know what upstream means, it means it feels harder. When you're when you're pointed upstream, you're going against the current. You're you're taking yourself further, actually further away from what you really want. Yeah, and, that, and the upstream downstream metaphor they went into great detail in earlier in the book. I yeah. think it was in. Uh, yeah. Chapter six, I think it was. So go back about uh, four or five episodes if you missed that part and re-listen to that episode because uh, the one about chapter six, that's the one that goes into a great deal about what that metaphor is all about. Yeah, the the upstream is away against the current downstream feels easy. It feels right. It's taking you towards where you want to go. Yep. Okay, so continuing on. So now turn your attention once again to the upstream-downstream analogy and feel for a moment the sensation of relief that you would experience if you had been paddling against the current in an upstream direction and then suddenly just stopped paddling. In an attitude of giving into the stream and letting it just turn you and take you downstream. Let this picture soothe you even further as you try now to remember that this stream is benevolent and wise and it is actually taking you toward the things that you want. In your mind's eye, lie back in your boat, feel it turn naturally downstream, and relax into the idea that this stream will carry you to your inevitable well-being and to a fulfillment of your desires. And that sounds good to me. Yeah. I mean, once again, it's don't worry about it. Whatever it is you're worrying about, don't worry about it. No matter what it is. (laughs) Makes no difference. What it, is. it could be the worst thing in the world. It could be a non-entity. It could be somewhere in between. Whatever it is that you're worrying about, just don't worry about it. Let it go. Let go of it. It's yep. not. It's really. It's the thing that's keeping you from where you want to get to. And that's a hard concept. Yep. It's a hard concept. It's hard to imagine that this worry that we've got, this concern that we've got, this doubt that we've got, is what's preventing us from getting where we want to get to. But the fact is, it is. So don't worry about yep. it. Just let it go. Let go of it, and that's and that feels like a release. That would feel like it a does. Like, oh, yeah. Well, 
Okay. <laughs> I'm just now, gonna try to relax into it. Now, if you're like me and you still can't let go of it, then don't worry about the fact that you can't let go of it. <laughs> it's just another way of playing the same mind game with yourself. It's a way of saying, "Well, okay, I know I can't let go of it, but I'm not going to worry about it. I'll, I'll worry about it tomorrow. I'll worry about it next week. I just won't worry about it now." <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. All right. So the next part, which is the last part of this chapter, is called. You are adding power to the stream. The following pages of this book have the potential to help you quickly align with everything you have ever wanted. But that alignment will not be likely unless you have taken the time to accept the validity of the analogy of the stream. If you can accept that from your non-physical vantage point, before your physical birth, you had set forth intentions, and those intentions account part of the momentum of the stream and that as you are here in this physical body life causes you to ask for more things and that those things account for part of the momentum of the stream and that in all that you have lived you are constantly shooting vibrational rockets out ahead of you and that those rockets account for part of the momentum of the stream and most of all if you can accept that your inner being the source within you now stands in vibrational alignment with all of that becoming, and that the law of attraction is drawing to that furthermost summoning point, now you understand the power of this stream. Yeah, that, that's actually pretty pretty difficult to understand stuff if, if you're not familiar with it. Yeah. I mean, how, do you, how do you, would you interpret that for a client? Well, every time you think about something you you want and you're focused on it you're you're adding to the stream so you want to focus on what you want on what you want so that the rockets of desire that you're putting out there are of what you want and not of what you don't want and that's like you could because you could add to the power of the stream in either direction well they're also saying the upstream or you could add to the downstream they're also so saying that you're, you're adding rockets, rockets of desire, vibrational rockets all the time. You're yeah. constantly doing it. Yeah. So it's not just the ones that you're intentionally putting out there. It's all of them. I mean, literally That's everything that we rockets, think about. Right? I know, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, they, the inner being's got to feel like it's being under attack or something like that. <laughs> no, not really. But but it's true. I yeah. mean, every, every major thought that we have, positive or negative, you know, if we're you know complaining about... Aunt Jane, because Aunt Jane, once again, you know, keeps coming over to visit and won't ever leave, you know, whatever the thing is that's bugging us. You know, if we keep focusing on that bug, we're putting out more rockets of desire about it. The, yeah. the rocket of desire is, I don't want Aunt Jane around here anymore, but boy, am I pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I also like vibrational alignment. I like, the, I like those words. <laughs> like, you want to, we all want to do our best to be in vibrational alignment with what we want yeah and that's where well okay so how do you tie it into the the times that we are putting out negative rockets or rockets related to negative situations well in that case i would say that you're not in vibrational alignment with the sort with source energy and why is that because there's a key reason why we're not in alignment with source energy isn't there i mean isn't it the idea that our inner being is always focused on the positive side? Yes. Yes. And when you're not, right, you're you're not in vibrational alignment when you're not feeling good and you're depressed and you're focused on what you don't want. And you are, when you are feeling high, high vibration, you are feeling good and you are focusing on what you want. Then you're in alignment with source. Because it feels good, it's positive, it feels right. So that, that's how I make sense out of that last sentence or so, like the last third of that paragraph that says, uh, if you can accept that your inner being, the source within you, now stands in vibrational alignment with all of that becoming and that the law of attraction is drawing to that furthermore summoning po point, now you understand the power of the stream. Uh, the part that makes me makes it easier for me to understand that is when I understand that the inner being is always looking at the positive side for us. And then it goes on, so now, before you read further, 
just lie back for a moment and contemplate this wonderful, powerful stream of well-being which moves unsendingly in the direction of your becoming and toward the fulfillment of that which is you. Oh, I'm sorry. I, let me read that again. So now, before you read further, lie back for a moment and contemplate this wonderful, powerful stream of well-being which moves unendingly in the direction of your becoming and toward the fulfillment of that which is you. And now you are ready to apply the upstream-downstream comparison toward any and all aspects of your own life experience. It is our expectation that you are now ready to personally acknowledge thought by thought if you are pointed upstream or downstream and whether you are closing the gap between you and capital U or are holding yourself unnaturally apart. I'm, as, I'm, that, as I'm hearing that, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so how do I know when I'm pointing upstream and how do I know when I'm pointing downstream? Because it seems like my actions can be tricky in that regard. I can be, I can actually be going upstream and thinking I was going downstream. How do I know when I'm going downstream? You know when you're going upstream or downstream and you can use that in a few different ways. So one way is say you have a decision, say you have to go somewhere and you're like, ugh, I don't feel like going. It just feels so difficult. That would mean it feels upstream to go, so you wouldn't necessarily want to go. But say you're going somewhere, whether it's a meeting or a party or whatever it is, and you're excited about it and it feels really good and you're looking forward to it, that would be that would feel like a downstream situation. And that's something you would want to do. That's so, like one way that, that I like to look at it. So the differentiation is, is what the feeling is. If it's feeling good, yeah. you're going upstream. If it's feeling bad, you're going downstream. No, the opposite. It's the other way around. <laughs> if it feels bad, you're going, if it's feeling okay. bad, you're going upstream against okay. the current. And that's what... If it's feeling good, <clears throat> is considered going downstream. And, and that, that's, what's always, that's the tough part. I mean, I deliberately mixed it up. But uh, that's the tough <laughs> part because so often it feels like we're paddling upstream and it feels like that feels good because that's the place I want to go to, right? That feels good, doesn't it? Except that it really doesn't. That, that wouldn't be this upstream. Gets, then, well, it, upstream. it would not be upstream if, 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 it's, if it truly feels good. What I'm saying is there's, there are so many times where you know, I feel like I have to do this. Um, like what's, what's an example from real life? It's like, um, okay, um, my parents have always taught me that I have to put my nose to the grindstone and I have to work hard. And if I work hard, I will achieve success. So I'm going to keep paddling mm -hmm. and working hard. I'm going to work hard because I want to achieve success. That sounds like it, it's positive, doesn't it? it you know, from, from the, from the non-LOA perspective, that sounds positive. It, yeah, it could. Yeah. But in fact, most often it's not positive because we're working, we're working, we're working, we're working, we're working. And the thing that, that uh, Abraham just said to us about two pages back was you only want to take inspired action. You only want to take action after you put yourself into a feeling place, a good feeling place, in fact. So yes. let's expand this analogy. It's not just that I'm paddling, 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 trying to work hard to get to a place of success. It's that I got myself into a good feeling place thinking and dreaming about success, dreaming what success really, really means in my personal life. What would it be like to be successful? What would it like to have the money coming in? You know, how would I use it? What kind of lifestyle would I have? And then getting into that good feeling place. So in other words, let's say the good feeling, the, the, the lifestyle for me is I've got a bunch of money in the bank and I got this big old house that I just love and I take these trips all over the world and, you know, I don't have to go work at a job and, you know, it's this wonderful, wonderful place. Okay, now I'm getting myself into a good feeling place. And in that that stance in that place if i decide i want to go do a job because i'm enjoying the job then sure now i'm going downstream but if i decide okay now i'm going to go work really hard at a job i've just reversed it you see i started with this really happy place and then i said okay i gotta go back to what my parents told me i gotta work really 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 hard i'm gonna just gonna keep going and i've lost the feeling i lost yeah. the feeling I've reversed the feeling and turned it into it's a struggle. Yep. <laughs> That's a hard concept. Well, another, yes, but another interesting point, since we're t I love talking about upstream, downstream, is that sometimes 
you have to do something that feels upstream. Like, I don't know, maybe there's a business meeting that someone has to go to or something they have to do. So then I always say, well, what could you do to make that upstream thing that you have to do feel more downstream? And there's always an answer, oh, maybe if it's something you have to go to, you bring a friend. So if you have company or maybe it's something you have to do, you agree to only go for an hour or whatever. There's always a way there's always a way to make something upstream that you feel you have to do feel more downstream. And that's kind of interesting too. It is. You could take a upstream. You could take something upstream, but do something to make it feel more downstream. And I think that's important as well. And to make sense out of it, you can always replace the words upstream and downstream with not feeling good and feeling good, or not preferred that's and right. preferred. Yes. So you have to go to that <clears throat> thing that you don't want to go to, or what could you do to make it feel better? Right. Oh, I'll bring a friend, or oh, I'll just tell them I can only go for an hour, or whatever it is. It's all about the feeling. That took me a while to learn that one. But once I understood it, first of all, I understood why it was that so many requests I made weren't coming true. It's because, yeah, I put the request out there, but I didn't have the emotional impact behind it. I didn't have the positive emotional oomph with it. And in fact, many times, my emotional attachment to it was negative. <laughs> It was it was yeah. like you know it's along the lines of I want ten thousand dollars instantly followed by yeah that's never going to happen it feels <laughs> terrible <laughs> now how often do we do yeah, that no, though I, yeah I mean I love teaching uh, my coaching clients about upstream downstream because then as as uh, the weeks go on I then they're saying oh well you know I was going to do something but that felt too upstream so I did something else and I'm oh like, that's nice yes. that's how you know yes, that they're, they're, they're right. picking up on it right. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like it's a great thing to know about because you can, you can just use it to help you so often. Like, oh, you know what? That felt too upstream, so I'm not doing that. Or the opposite. You know what? That felt so downstream. I, I'm just so looking forward to doing that. So when it comes to applying the upstream-downstream concept to taking action, the real question isn't whether you're taking action after you've had the thought, although that's certainly an important order. You want to have the thought first followed by the action. The important thing is how does the action feel? Yes, yes. Because if, it, yep. if, if it's a bad feeling action, even if you're working hard, you're actually working against yourself. That that took me, I can't tell you how long it took me to learn that. Well, actually mm -hmm. I can. It took me approximately, let's see, so that would have been 2008, 2012, so that would have been 55. So yeah, it took me about 25 years to learn that one. Wow. Because I, I didn't realize that Taking action based on feeling and sticking with that feeling made so much of a difference. I thought you just went out and worked hard. You know, I, I thought if I got an inspired idea, like I have a great idea for a business, right? And then I just go work, 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 work. Even if I'm not enjoying it, I'm going to keep work, 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 work. It'll never come true. <laughs> It'll never succeed. I didn't know that. I don't think most of it. It's yeah. certainly not the way it's taught to us. It's certainly not the yeah. way our schools teach it. It's certainly not the way our parents teach it or our bosses teach it or any of the other people who are important or authority figures in our lives teach it. It's not the way the gurus teach it. It's not the way they say, well, you know, you, you, you have to get in that feeling place first before you go after success. No, they don't say that. <laughs> they never say that. <laughs> but I sure wish somebody had because I ended up doing so many things that were really good ideas, but I didn't love them. I didn't enjoy them. Uh, I was they weren't fun. Right. I was doing them because I had a job to do. And when you right. have a job to right. do, you go do your job because that's what you're supposed to do. You have to scratch yeah. your way to the top. Well, I scratched my way right to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which I can laugh uh, at now, but at the time, I mean, literally that's a really miserable place to be in. Where you're working mm -hmm. so hard and you're not getting anywhere, and you find yourself losing ground. I mean, I worked, I worked my tail off for years, wow. and to see it, mm -hmm. you know, to see that I was like barely able to keep my head above water, and then after a certain time, basically after the 2008 financial crisis, when most of my clients disappeared because they got wiped out by the crisis, because they were mostly mm -hmm. like small nonprofit organizations that just kind of disbanded. Um, to, so to see my business just disappear was horrible. And I'd worked so hard on it. I mean, I had worked, I had literally worked my tail off. I would work like 50, 60, 70, 80 hour weeks. Wow. You know, at, at basically often discounted rates just to get these jobs done. And then it was all taken away from me by circumstances. And I'm thinking, 
what's the point? Mm-hmm. And how are you supposed to succeed? Because I didn't understand how important it is to have not just the inspired thought, but to have the happy inspired thought, to have the thought yeah. that feels good, and to have the action, to, to have the job that feels good. If I had realized early on that it was critically important for me to pick a business, because at this point I was trying to start a business. This was like you know late right. 1990s, early 2000s. If I had right. realized that it was critically important for me to do something that I loved, I would have made completely different decisions. But I didn't mm. know that. I just mm. thought you go for where the money is, right? Right. <laughs> That's right. what I thought. And so it killed the, me. I, le- I got shot down. The, all that? the lesson is get yourself into a good feeling place. Do your dreaming about what the most ideal, wonderful whatever it X is that you're trying to attract. In this case, I was trying to attract a good career, right? Or a successful mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. So get into that good feeling place and then try to imagine what the, that ideal business would be that would be just really fun to do every day. And don't worry about where the money is. Yeah. That was my biggest yeah. mistake right there. I kept trying. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find anything that I would love to do that I knew I could make money off of. Right. And so I rejected the idea of doing something that I couldn't figure out where to make the money off of it. Huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you're supposed to put your nose to the grindstone. That's the rule, right? So, okay, well, I'm going to put my nose to the grindstone. I may not enjoy this, but I can't think of anything that I could do that I would enjoy. So I'll just do what they teach me. <laughs> and it didn't work. 25 years later, work. I proved it didn't work. Wow. Despite well, you know what? Really I'm hard considering work. you one of, the, one of the lucky ones. I mean, That's even right. though it was 25 years, you know, you're still young enough where you could enjoy the learning of that lesson. It certainly didn't feel that way. But um, and, and at the t- if you had said that to me while I was going through it, I probably would have punched you in the mouth. But right. but right, right now, I can look back and say, yeah, you're right. And not only is it, a, is it good that I went through it and good that I learned so much from it, but I am in a better place because I learned it. But you couldn't have told yeah. me that when I was in the middle of it. <laughs> in the middle yeah. of it, I would have been pissed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you're you're still young and spry, Walt. So you're <laughs> you're still fine. You, you got to watch out for that word spry. Spry is only used for old people. So you got to watch out for that word. <laughs> you never hear a young person, isn't he spry? <laughs> you just don't hear that. <laughs> I just think it's a funny word. That's why. <laughs> Oh, God. Sometimes I purposely use, like, old-fashioned words because I think they're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, you know, that old expression, like, something happens and they would go, oh, for corn's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I, like, I'll just say that. And people are like, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, right. I'd be asking you that, actually. Where did that come from, anyway? <laughs> you know uh, what I heard that, actually? I hear I heard it a lot. I'm watching I Love Lucy because they use all the expressions of the day. Oh, back then. yes. Okay. Thought, oh, that's kind of a funny, like, for corn's sake. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of feels better saying that than, the, you know, like, darn it. Like, darn it to me is more well, <laughs> lower vibration than saying for corn's sake. Anything darn it or, or worse than that was <laughs> illegal to stay, say on television anyway, so they had to keep it to something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Or I have a friend who, instead of they cursing someone out, they'll say, "Go blow bubbles." <laughs> <laughs> Go blow bubbles. And that's such higher vibration than it saying. is. <laughs> it, 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 it's somewhat higher anyway. That's good. Well, listen, we're down to the last uh, bit here, so we'll have to pick this up next week. So we'll we'll do chapter ten next week. Uh, David, yeah. before we go, how do they reach out to you if they're looking for some personal coaching? Yeah, so I want some law of attraction coaching. Um, you can just go to lifecoachdavid.com. And, you know, by the way, because I don't say this a lot, but I am a certified law of attraction life coach at this point, very experienced. So you can feel comfortable working with me and calling me. Sounds great. Me. All right. So David, it's been a pleasure. Life coach, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, Let's do it again next week. week. You do the same. Yeah. All right. And we'll see you next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.